The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Set your free happy Thursday on this August day in the year 2017. I am Leslie Marshall, and I am so excited to have uh, on the program with me today somebody who you know and love, who you hear a couple of days a week in this time slot, who used to be a weekly guest on my show, is somebody I adore personally and professionally. He's done so much. We're talking about the host of the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine, also delegate of Virginia's 45th District, does a lot of great stuff there, folks, for those people in that district and in Virginia, and a former legislative counsel to Democratic Congressman Barney Frank in the House Judiciary, Homeland Security, and Financial Services Committees. More than a pleasure to co-host with my buddy and partner in crime today, Mark Levine. Hello. Hello. How are hello, you? Hello, Leslie. Been a while since we've been on together, but always a pleasure to, to, to do that. Love chatting with yes, you. Yes, and I hope it's okay for, for, for me to say you are one of my gay Jewish man crushes. <laughs> <laughs> How many gay Jewish man crushes do you have? I'm just one of them? <laughs> Actually, I think you're it. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Um, so we have so much to talk about. The one thing about Trump is he's the gift that keeps on giving to people like you and I to talk, but unfortunately, uh, the gift. Yeah, that I don't know that it's a gift. Um, well, it's, it's but a it gift does, for us to it's... talk about. It's not a gift for the stre- blood pressure, stress <laughs> levels, and, and 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 freedoms and peace of mind of Americans and, and others throughout the world. Um, so right. let, let's talk about this. You are in uh, Virginia's um, 45th district, but Virginia. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. Mark, I think I'm very right. I lived in D.C. very briefly. A uh, long time ago, don't want people to know how old I am dinosaur-wise, but um, Virginia is sort of like the north of Virginia is very different than the south of Virginia, and the south of Virginia is very much like the south. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's northern Virginia, uh, which is the suburbs around Washington, D.C., uh, kind of the northeastern corner. Northern, it's funny, we call it northern Virginia, but really it's the northeastern corner because west of here is is the Shenandoah Valley, and it's just as, as southern as the rest of the state. But this, this little area in the northeast corner of Virginia is about one-third of the economy of Virginia, one-sixth of the people, very, very liberal, and we are the blue dot that makes this red state, um, if not blue, at least purpley blue. I wanted to talk with you first um, about uh, Trump mourning the loss of, quote, beautiful statues and monuments, yeah. him calling it that, in the wake of what happened in Charlottesville. Uh, certainly you are closer to that than I, me, I being here in Los Angeles, uh, in the wake of the Charlottesville rally. And, and specifically he was talking about the Robert E. Lee statue. First of all, I, I wanted to, you to hear my take, um, but I, I want to hear yours, and I want everybody to hear yours as well. You know, my thing is if you just look at history, in St. Martin, they cut off the head of a statue and have left it that way uh, when they got their independence. Um, when the USSR, the former Soviet Union and communism fell, which to now we know as Russia, 
statues of Lenin were removed all over the place. And even when we invaded the sovereign nation of Iraq, which we had no business doing, when we uh, captured uh, the dictator and, and the regime of Saddam Hussein fell, uh, you know, the statue of Saddam Hussein uh, in Baghdad uh, was taken down. These are just a few examples. The statues that we see in America today, in Charlottesville and other places, were put up many years after the Civil War, in which the South lost, and people like Robert E. Lee technically waged war against the United States of America. Do you agree with some or all of what I'm saying? Sure. Um, although I think that each community is a little bit different. In fact, Virginia has more Confederate statues than any other state in the United States. So we, we are full of them, <laughs> and uh, way more than 100. Uh, and it, each locality has a different story. Uh, you know, in, in my locality in Alexandria, actually, the Confederate statue uh, is the surrender of the Confederacy. Uh, but it was put up in 1889 by people who remembered the war. But you're right that the vast majority of them, including the Robert E. Lee statue in Charlottesville, uh, were from the 1920s to the 1950s. The 1920s, it was with the rise of Ku Klux Klan. and the 1950s, it was really an attack on Brown versus Board of Education. So they were put up, uh, my city I think is an exception, but in most cities they were put up not by even the descendants of the Confederate, Confederate soldiers, but by generations later, basically white people trying to use the Civil War, which was already, you know, by the 20s, that was 70 years ago, um, use it to further some kind of racist or white supremacist agenda. When we also um, look at people that would say, and I love history, I would imagine you do as well, I think, just love it. people that yes. like politics, like history and things like that. You know, it's important for us to know history, but, you know, in, in Germany, um, the Nazi regime is part of their history, and the swastika is illegal. And I shudder as a half-Jew, and I'm sure you do as a Jew, who I lost uh, family members in the Holocaust. I don't know if you have, I'm assuming you did. Um, yeah, but I did. When, when you see Americans wearing swastikas, that's very different than a Confederate flag. And we can, we'll talk about Confederate flags and statues, but when you see swastikas, that swastika symbolized more than uh, an Aryan mindset um, of people who wanted all white and some, you know, pure race, uh, didn't like Jews, certainly wouldn't like uh, Muslims, um, and uh, but the list went on. Uh, uh, you know, uh, gay uh, men and women, uh, the LGBT, anybody LGBTQ. Uh, in, in addition to that, handicapped individuals, elderly, uh, disabled, uh, disfigured. You know, you could be a veteran, you know, back then. Almost 11 million people. Um, and, 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 I say, and I say that because obviously these Confederate statues don't go hand in hand with that. But at these rallies, these people with Confederate flags are walking hand in hand and chanting and holding torches alongside people with uh, swastikas on their arm, which is illegal in Germany. And the reason I point that out is it is a part of their history, but it's a part of their history that you don't see. So what do you think about, you know, having statues in a museum um, or, you know, teaching about them in the classroom and, and certainly having things in books and online uh, for people to know and to reference, or even some kind of a park, uh, not a memorial to the Confederacy, but a historical park so people can understand about the Confederacy. And having a monument or two is okay, but normally a monument is erected to what? It's not just about memory. But it's to honor the memory, and we shouldn't honor the memory, I think, of people 
who uh, were, um, you know, uh, fighting uh, to cut this country in half, uh, who supported slavery. I think it's very important that the, first of all, I think it's very important that we not sanitize history. I don't want to hide from what we did. I don't want to hide from slavery. I don't want to hide from the brutality of lynching or Jim Crow or any of that. I do want to teach the history. And, and, and so there, there, I think there are competing values here. But the main thing is that to the extent that we're honoring the Confederacy, that's a big mistake. Why would we honor traitors to the United States? We should remember absolutely the Civil War. We should remember what happened. I don't want to forget, you know, and, and, but that to me is a distinction. You want to find the difference between remembering and honoring. This isn't about venerating them. So should we teach history? Of course. Should we, should we you know, I, and so museums are a perfect place for any memorabilia, whether it be Confederate, frankly, or Nazi memorabilia. I can't imagine going to the Holocaust Museum and not seeing lots of Nazi swastikas. But they're okay there because we know that the purpose is to tell the true story of history, uh, and, and we know that the museum is sympathetic to the victims of Nazism. So it's very important, I think, whenever you show any kind of Confederate flag or memorial, that it be sympathetic to the victims who were, let's face it, uh, you know, the enslaved peoples. And so that, that I, th- I think the context matters. So yes, a museum is absolutely fine. A park, I think it depends, right? Um, I also think it depends on whether it's a Confederate general on a horse. You know, um, I mean, in, in, in New Orleans, they even said something about white supremacy on the pedestal. Now, that's clearly, you know, something that we find abhorrent and offensive. And showing in a museum where you're saying, look, this is part of our history. We have to recognize it. We shouldn't run away from it. We shouldn't hide it. It is important to tell the history, but never, never, never in a position of honor because that is offensive. It's offensive to all of us, particularly African-Americans, but not only African-Americans, all of us who believe that the Confederacy was not only a war to preserve slavery, which every Confederate state that left the Union said this is all about preserving slavery, but a, a traitor, a traitor country to the United States that, that committed treason. So let's not glorify treason but or slavery. I want to talk about, you had talked about offense, you know, something being offensive, this being offensive, uh, the statues can be offensive, and I agree with you, and, and I pointed that out earlier on TV today question. The president's remarks definitely yeah. comes under the umbrella of offensive and <laughs> even un- uh, presidential, if you will, uh, knowing the, the history and quite frankly, you know, j- just just how politicians need to have, you're, you're a politician too, to need to have those PC statements. I mean, seriously, it, well, what is wrong with this man, Mark? I mean, this is disgusting. First of all, his first remark that there's blame on both sides, the death of that woman was clearly from a white supremacist, period, who plowed into the crowd and killed her, period. In a terrorist attack. It, 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 absolutely. Because if his name had been Mohammed or if he had said Alua Akbar, they call it a terrorist attack. And it would be right. the same car, the same crowd. But the um, definition of terrorism obviously is not Islamic radical terrorism. The definition right. of terrorism is murdering someone for a political cause. And if this guy didn't murder her for for a political cause, I don't know, well, you know, what is that? That's that's clearly what he did. That's clearly what he designed to do, intended to do. There'll be a trial, but um, there's little doubt in my mind this was a terrorist act. Uh, um, I agree, a hundred percent. And then waits two days, and at the urging of everyone around him, which is amazing, he listens to them. 
uh, made what should have been the first and only statement. You know, it's almost like this guy can't shut up and quit while he's head, open mouth, insert foot, you know, goes off script, uh, doesn't listen to his advisors, and then just continues this conversation. Um, a couple of things. One, what do you think about him calling these monuments beautiful? What do you think about him talking about blaming both, both sides? And alt-left. Sure, we have Antifa, who's become a little, you know, bit more militant and has this Malcolm X by any means necessary, you know, uh, uh, mantra, if you will. But if you, if you take a, a piece of paper and write down on the, on the right, the alt-right, how many organizations are based on hate and could or would or have uh, taken violent action versus the left. There's no contest. I think you have Antifa, and that's it, on the left and then on the right. I mean, you got you have the KKK, the neo-Nazis, the white Aryan resistance, and I could go on. <laughs> you know, it's just there. There's like you know, there's a group almost in every district, probably, uh, unfortunately, in this country. Uh, so, what, what is your take on his, you know, calling the monuments beautiful and talking about the blame on both sides? Well, first of all, he talked about many sides, blame on many sides. Back on Saturday, the car. This was like an hour, or maybe an hour and a half after a terrorist had just murdered a young woman, Heather Heyer, who was marching for freedom and justice and, uh, and against white supremacy. She's dead. You know, I, I doubt her blood is cooled. And the president's on TV talking about blame on many sides. After that happened, and you probably, I'm sure, were on TV as well, Leslie, I went on Fox, that just a couple hours after he said that, and said he must call out white supremacy. He can't say many sides. He can't pretend that there's an equality between people who are pro-Nazi and people who are anti-Nazi. You know, there's not both sides there. There's a good side and a bad side. And I made that argument. Obviously, I wasn't alone. Republican senators made that argument. Um, you know, people on his own staff made the argument. All across the country, talk show hosts uh, and a lot on the right, a lot of Republicans said, hey, you have to call out and condemn white supremacy. That was Saturday night. Sunday came, and you could hear crickets. All day long, this may be the first day in American history this president didn't, didn't tweet. Um, it, he, he couldn't be more silent. And again, the crescendo grows. Call out white supremacy. Call out white supremacy. Come Monday, he gives a really, you know, tepid, yeah, I condemn everybody, including white supremacists, written by some staffer. And then by Tuesday, he's back blaming both sides. So I think we know where his heart is. Well, most, most, uh, definitely. I mean, just the signs about Jews. His own daughter is Jewish, and his son-in-law, who seemed to be very important to him, and also uh, usually have a lot of influence and sway over him. Uh, why, why do you think that perhaps you know either they remain silent or he, he chose not to listen to them? Because he knows his base. <laughs> he knows where his votes come from. Ah. He doesn't want to offend the bigots who makes up such a big proportion of his base. That's simple. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with my uh, buddy, uh, Mark Levine. Pick up the phone and join us. He has something to say on the matter. 866-866. What's my number again? What is it? (laughs) 888-6-LESLIE. 888-6-LESLIE. I'm tired today, guys. I had to do early morning on TV. My apologies. Follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Levine Talk. His website, marklevinetalk.com. Back with him. Back with you right after this. 888-6-LESLIE. Leslie Marshall, when the truth matters. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE.
If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at lesliemarshallshow.com. We are back here with Mark Levine, host of the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. Right here, you can hear it every week, and we're glad to have uh, him with us today. Mark, thanks for holding. Welcome back. You know the clock better than I. <laughs> as far That's as why great. I try to keep my act short. <laughs> okay. Anything else that we want to say over Trump morning loss of beautiful statues and monuments, or should we move on to uh, an article from the New York Times about Trump's attorney, as you are an attorney, who forwarded an email echoing secessionist rhetoric? I'd like to hear that. I didn't know about that, so tell me about oh. that. Oh, okay. I thought that they passed the uh, topics by you. Uh, President Trump's personal lawyer yesterday forwarded an email to conservative journalists, government officials, and friends that echoed secessionist civil war propaganda and declared that the group Black Lives Matter, quote, has been totally infiltrated by terrorist groups. Now, the email was forwarded by John Dowd. He's, the leading, he's leading the president's legal team. And he painted the Confederate General Robert E. Lee in glowing terms and equated the South's rebellion to that of the American Revolution against England. Its subject line, quote, the information that validates President Trump on Charlottesville was a reference to the comments that Trump made earlier this week in the aftermath of the protests um, there. Quote, you cannot be against General uh, Lee and be for George Washington. The email reads, there's literally no difference between the two men. Hello. Now, Mr. Dowd received what? the email. Yes. Mr. Dowd received the email Tuesday night, forwarded it yesterday morning to more than two dozen recipients, including a senior official at the Department of Homeland Security, the Wall Street Journal editorial page, and some journalists at Fox News and the Washington Times. There is no evidence that any of the journalists used the contents of the email in the coverage, but one of the recipients provided a copy to the New York Times and said, quote, you're sticking your nose in my personal email, Mr. Dow told the Times in a brief telephone interview. Quote, people send me things, I forward them, he then hung up. Now, the author was Jerome Alman. He runs several websites alleging government conspiracies and arguments the FBI has been infiltrated by Islamic terrorists. He once unsuccessfully sued the State Department for $900 million over claims of discrimination, and his email said that Black Lives Matter, a group that formed to protest the use of force by police against African Americans, is being directed by terrorists, and he blamed the group for deadly violence against police last year and in Texas and Louisiana. I think I hear break music. Do I hear break music, Steve? Is that you what I'm do. hearing? Yes. Okay, I hear break music. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Mark's going to respond to that and more right after this. Don't go away. Keep Leslie in your pocket. Go to lesliemarshallshow.com forward slash members. Comments or thoughts on that email that I told you about um, that uh, the New York Times got a hold of, and, you know, a lot of obviously very conservative uh, type journalists uh, were, were privy to. Well, for one thing, it clearly shows the mindset of the people that Trump has hired to work for him. I mean, I don't know many Americans, and I'm including Republicans in this. I'm including, you know, uh, conservative Republicans. I don't know many conservative Republicans that would consider Robert E. Lee to be in the same category as George Washington. I mean, they both, yes, revolted against a current state, but most of us think that King George III was a tyrant and didn't let us have our freedom. So most Americans actually support George Washington on that side of that war. And most Americans today, I hope and pray, think that slavery was wrong. I, I, I understand there are a few that are still holding out for slavery. I don't think there are many. 
So we're talking about a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of people that would think that, you know, Robert E. Lee's cause was equally just with George Washington. Uh, it's, it's astounding. Uh, you know, and it, and it is astounding. Um, there, every, like I said, every day, every tweet, and he just doesn't stop, you know. I mean, uh, the, the, the I, and I think the fact that he has uh, Steve Bannon still uh, on staff, whose wife under oath talks about him not liking Jews and not wanting his daughters to go to school with Jews, it, it just, I'm astounded that, you know, the, son and the, the son-in-law and the daughter, uh, you know, are still, uh, you know, with this. Um, let, well, what, what are they going to do, Leslie? They get all their power through him. They get all their money through him. They obviously have more loyalty to their father and father-in-law than they do to their Judaism, let's just say. All right? Yeah. I mean, let's, let's just be very clear. I, I have no sympathy or love lost for either Ivanka Trump or for Jared Kushner. I think they are – I mean, how many 32-year-olds um, you know, are going to solve – I forget which – transportation, peace in the Middle East. He had, like, six things in his portfolio, you know. And uh, Ivanka. Who, oh yeah, and he's going to do really well with uh, with Abbas, uh, and, and not ju- not the, just the fact he's Jewish. Abbas is dealing with Jews in Israel, but the fact that he's Donald Trump's son-in-law and supports a Muslim ban. I mean, come on. <laughs> you, you, you know, there's so- he's really going to be able to to do a whole lot of peace in the Middle East with that with that in his uh, in his resume. And then you look at someone like Steve Bannon. Okay, so Steve Bannon's whole career, the thing he does was he made Nazism cool again, or at least he tried to. He took, so prior to people like Steve Bannon, when you got to the Nazis or the KKK or the Iron Nations, or you pick which white supremacist, Jew-hating, Muslim-hating, you know, um, group you want to pick, all of them were seen by the 80s and 90s and O's, you know, as being tiny groups of, you know, White trash, sorry to use that on the air, but, but, but people who were down and out and angry and racist and had really very little power. Um, and, yeah, there was definitely racism all around in America, but there wasn't this active, hating, we're going to kill everybody kind of racism that the Nazis, the KKK, have always preached. Those were relatively small groups. Well, what Steve Bannon did by creating this term, which as far as I know, no one – I never heard of this term until – three years, you know, until Trump ran for office, until 2016, I never heard alt-right. That's news to me. I don't hang out in, um, you know, the, the, the channels of, uh, you know, white supremacists on the Internet. But, but what they did, apparently, under uh, over the last few years, is Steve Bannon made Nazism cool again. It was his goal and uh, people like uh, Richard Spencer and, and others to take white supremacist ideology, which is always lying you know, underneath the surface in America, and give it this cool new name, right? connect Nazism to the right, because the right is just conservatives. And it's like, oh, well, conservatives, you know, add a little Nazism to the mix. And what I, what I, what I like, actually, and, and what heartens me, was to hear Marco Rubio, was to hear Orrin Hatch, was to hear a, a senator from Louisiana, um, Cory Gardner, I think is his name, Say, you know, we, we hate Nazis. This isn't what we republic. We are conservative Republicans, and we don't stand for this. And, he, you know, he's trying to take his party down into this white supremacist land. And I got lots of issues with the Republican Party. I got a lot of issues with racism with the Republican Party. But, but they don't go so far as being Nazis. 
And the fact, and, and that's why I think Steve Bannon has to be let go. I think there's a good chance he will be let go soon. I certainly hope so. I hope there's a call for him to be fired because he represents the worst elements of the whole Trump coalition. Uh, I agree 100%. I, I mean, I can't disagree with anything that you said there, and you said it so well. I want to talk about a piece uh, in the Huffington Post. Um, the um, Economist, um, you know, great uh, magazine, um, it, a very provocative cover. And what they have is uh, Trump with uh, a megaphone, and the Economist is basically sounding off on, uh, on Trump. But if you look at the megaphone, the megaphone shows a KKK hood. And if anybody hasn't seen this, check it out online. You know, it's The Economist, and it has Donald Trump, background red. You know, he with his, you know, hair, it should be more orange, though. And the megaphone he's holding is like the um, hood of, uh, of uh, uh, you know, KKK, Ku Klux Klan men's uh, outfit. Very provocative, one for the ages, using a Klan hood as a megaphone. It's an illustration by John Berkeley, and it accompanies... Uh, the cover story, which is quite damning, quote, Donald Trump has no grasp of what it means to be president. We're seeing on Twitter, Mark, more people talking about invoking the 25th Amendment. We're seeing more Republicans distancing themselves. We're seeing Republicans being hurt, um, you know, in, in primaries and, you know, local elections in states. Um, the list and that's the on. only way to fight back right now. I mean, you know, there isn't going to be a presidential election until 2020. So unless this guy is impeached, and by the way, Love the 25th Amendment, but I really don't think that the vice president of the United States is going to say that Donald Trump is mentally ill and uh, remove him from office, even though I think Donald Trump is mentally ill or at least has a narcissistic personality disorder. Um, I, I think that's unlikely. The, there, there, there are several ways out. The clearest way is impeachment. But if that doesn't happen, uh, and I don't think we do the 25th Amendment, we've got to use state elections to tell this president what we think of him. And I think that even Republicans need to desert their party for at least an election or two. And we got one coming up in Virginia in 2017, plug, plug, but also certainly the national elections in 2018 to say, you know, we are conservatives, but this we're not Nazis. I mean, I could just I could just see the, the, the slogan, right? We're conservatives. We're not Nazis. And liberals and conservatives disagree on a lot of things. We do. No question about it. But we've always had certain things that are within the pale of the American discussion. And, you know, I know there were lots of active members of the KKK. Many of them were Democrats back in the 1920s. The KKK is now neither Democrat nor Republican, liberal nor conservative. It is outside of what we think of, of what it means to be a reasonable American. And everyone knows this. The Republicans know this and the Democrats know this. Everyone knows this except Donald Trump. He's the only one who didn't get the memo. And even when he's forced by his staff to read the statement that he clearly didn't come up with himself, you know, where he, he perfunctorily condemns white supremacists, the very next day he's attacking both sides as if they're equal, right? Nazis and anti-Nazis, I can't decide. They're both kind of bad. Yeah, no, that doesn't work, Donald. That doesn't work. Um, and and uh, I, I, uh, I agree with you, most definitely. Um, I, I want to talk about this uh, depiction and this damning article in, in which this cover story in The Economist says that Donald Trump has no grasp of what it means to be president. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Look, I don't think he expected to be president in the first place. This is, this is, Donald Trump is the dog that caught the car, right? 
oh, it's exciting. Let's chase a car. Let's chase a car. Bark, 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 bark. Wait, the car stopped. What do I do? Donald Trump ran for election to promote his brand. He was going to be like Ben Carson. He was going to sell more books. More people would come to his hotels. They'd buy his steaks. They'd go to his fraudulent university. This was entirely a marketing trick. He was going to have some fun with it. He's going to pretend he's running for president. He's just going to give some rambling speech that no one noticed or cared about until he said those magic words, hey, Mexicans are rapists. See, it, it, no one remembers the rest of what was a 75-minute rambling speech. No one could quote anything from that. I'm not even sure the wall was in that first speech. Maybe it was. But when he said, you know, Mexicans are rapists and some, I assume, are nice people, everyone's like, huh? Here's a crazy man. And then came the attention car wreck kind of attention. You know, you turn your head to watch the car wreck. You don't really want to, and it's going to be gross, and it's going to, but but you kind of have to because it's there. And then he gets all this attention. And what happened is America learned to its chagrin that we got a lot of Mexican hating people out there, and we got a lot of African American hating people out there, and we got a lot of Muslim hating people out there. And and he put together all his we all have misogynists out there, given the way Donald Trump treats women. And who knew? I didn't know. I admit it. I didn't expect it. Who knew that the coalition of hate was so large? I mean, I, I didn't think it was 45 percent of the country. It's still not the majority, thank God. But it was a lot higher than I expected it to be. And it's frankly shameful. Is it 45 percent of, of the people that voted for him? Because, as you know, um, only 46 percent of those who could vote vote. So it would be, is it 45 percent of 46 percent? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little higher than that. But, but you do make a fair so point. So you're talking about, about approximately a quarter or a third of the country. Well, and, and, that and to be fair, um, half his vote, and this is what Hillary said, half were deplorable and she got in trouble for it, But half his vote was voting against Hillary Clinton. They put up forward all those lies about her. They were conservatives who thought that they could tame him in office and he wouldn't be so crazy and they wanted their tax cuts. There, there were ordinary Republicans who pulled the lever for Donald Trump that weren't Trumpists. You know, but in his primaries, I mean, there's still, I don't know if it's 10% or 15%. I don't know what the math is. I know that there are more hateful people in America, really hateful people in America, than ever I expected. And um, I guess I'm, you know, I think I'm a pretty good analyst. I missed it, Leslie. I did. I just didn't think it was possible. And we got, to, we have to wrestle with this. We have to wrestle not just with this leader, but with the Americans who voted for him, who I hope are changing their minds. You know something? We talk about uh, Heather Heyer, 32, who was killed after James Alex Fields Jr., the 20-year-old who came to participate in the rally, is accused of ramming his car into the crowd of uh, counter-protesters that resulted in her death, and uh, 19 who were injured. There were also two state troopers monitoring the rally who died in a helicopter crash. Um, we have seen criticism. People, a lot of headlines say Democrats and Republicans alike have criticized Trump over his response to the tragedy. But I, I don't see a majority of Republicans criticizing him. And they'll criticize, but then they don't distance themselves uh, from him uh, further. Why, why do you well, think you have, this? When a lot of their base, as we're seeing, is it would seem to be polling-wise, you know, his approval keeps going down, are, are pulling away from Donald Trump and think that he's less likely to handle this job. Well, you have a point, Leslie. I mean, I did name a few, Rubio, Hatch, Gardner, but you could name them on one hand, maybe two. So while I am, and McCain, McCain called him out. There, there are a few Republicans who are willing to call him out. They are not the majority. They're not. And I do think they're growing. I mean, Donald Trump's ratings are down to, I think, 33 percent. One poll before the Charlottesville showed that only 24 percent of Americans believe a majority of what the White House says. 
three, more than three quarters of Americans, and that includes Republicans, disbelieve a majority of what comes out of the White House. Now, when has anyone ever, I mean, I know the Republicans didn't like Obama. Did they not believe in a majority of what he had to say? They just think he didn't tell the truth once or twice or three times. Three quarters of Americans, more than three quarters, do not believe a majority of what this president says. That's a serious problem. Uh, no, quite, no question, but do those uh, poll uh, numbers uh, matter? Because, you know, like you said, we can't do anything about him to 2020. We can do something about the composition of the House and the Senate. But, you know, historically, the Democrats, of which you and I are too, um, historically don't come out and vote in the midterm election. And I'm just, it, it almost seems like no matter how outrageous this guy is with his remarks and with his you know, push to fund and build a wall and to, you know, his lies about ISIS, his threats to North Korea and hell to Venezuela. I mean, you know, Muslim ban and, and fighting it and trying to say it's a travel ban to these uh, monuments and, you know, just the underlying racism or, you know, it would seem in his heart, uh, based on uh, many of his comments, uh, approval ratings dropping. Are we going to see a difference, do you think, in these midterm elections? Are we going to flip some seats, we the Democrats? We have to. We have to. I, I mean, look, anyone listening to our voices now, and, and you know, Leslie, we, we get occasional conservative callers in. But we usually don't get, you know, <laughs> I have to watch my choice of words. We, 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 we usually get at least people, with, let's just say, within the realm of, of Not America, right-wing within, wackos off the grid. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, that's a good term. That's a good term. You know, I mean, there no, are a lot of We don't get the alt-right people calling us. Well, exactly. We don't get the Nazis calling, jobs. okay? Uh, so the, the point is, is that uh, America needs to wake up. And, and i got to tell you, one more plug for Virginia. We're having an election in two and a half months, this November. No, not 2018, this November. New Jersey has one as well. We're the only two states, the United States, that have them. Our elections, particularly in Virginia, because we're a purple state, while New Jersey is a blue state, our elections will be seen is a referendum on Donald Trump. And if we Democrats don't prevail big time in Virginia, it will be seen in the United States and all over the world as a referendum. I guess America's gone off the deep end. I guess they're okay with this guy. So I guess one last plug as a Virginian, if you want to see Donald Trump refuted strongly, come help us. (laughs) Come to Virginia, come help us in campaigns, make phone calls, make donations. We need your help in Virginia. Because this will be the first great referendum on Donald Trump. And I think if we win big here, we Democrats win big in Virginia, I think then Congress might grow a spine, the Democrats, and even so the Republicans, and say, "Uh uh-oh, we better run from this guy or we're going to have troubles in 2018. Let's go to line three quickly, Paul, before the break, uh, listening online. Uh, Paul, uh, what is your question or comment? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, Everybody can hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, you know... Mark, you're right about two things. One thing you're right about, and the other thing I question. First thing is, yeah, Democrats need to get out in all future elections in proportions that are so enormous that no amount of voter suppression can quell. Otherwise, I'm sorry, but this country, I almost have to write off as it's going to come to its knees and fall on its face, the way Germany did, because... Here was what I said when I first called is, what's the surprise about Trump except that he's worse than we thought? That he actually is worse. I mean, I, yeah, I, I expected, here's what I expected. Bar and he's worse. I expected, 
uh, kind of a, uh, an administration, kind of like George W. Bush, only a little more outrageous from time to time, about two, three times a month, something really intolerable would happen. I didn't expect daily chaos. I mean, this is this has descended into daily chaos. So 2017, there are elections coming up. Actually, there's an election in Alabama in December of this year yep. for the uh, United States Senate seat to replace, replace Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions. The Democrats need to show up for that. And, and the, the, when I say how... Uh, uh, we can go to break, I guess. Uh, Mark will be a lucky buddy. I'm glad you could be with us for the flower. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Mark Levine. That's L-E-V-I-N-E with an E for empathy, as he says. At Mark Levine Talk, not Levin. At Mark Levine Talk, the website, MarkLevineTalk.com. Quick break. When we come back, Victoria Jones joins us live from our nation's capital, Dark Media News. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show, 888-6-LESLIE. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. Live from our nation's capital with Talk Media News. Hello, Victoria. So much uh, to talk about. And uh, let's go uh, very, uh, very quickly uh, to the attacks in Barcelona. ISIS has claimed responsibility. Is that correct? Yes, ISIS has claimed responsibility on one of its news sites for the attack in Barcelona, which has left at latest count 12 people dead and 80 people hospitalized. This was a van that plowed into crowds in Barcelona's famous Las Ramblas tourist area, and it sped along the pedestrian area, mowing down people, sending uh, motorcycles, people into the air, and literally it was seeking people out and then going straight into them. Uh, the, uh, I had heard that the uh, individual driving the vehicle and that there was one individual driving the vehicle fled and that the police are still looking for that individual. Um, he, I had heard, was a male, um, at, is still at large. Am I correct in all that information? They, uh, they have released a photo of a man who was born in Morocco in his 20s. Okay. Uh, Morocco, uh, he was born in Morocco. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Victoria Jones, live from our nation's capital with Talk Media News. I'm Leslie Marshall. Be sure to join us tomorrow.